You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, we got to talk to you about ancestry because you know what? How are you ever going to really know who you are if you don't know where you came from? Yeah, I, based isn't on, that from a movie or something? Yeah, I think it's from Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Relax, Jake. You don't know where you are. <laughs> anyway, um, so Ancestry is awesome. Basically, they send you a, a DNA kit in the mail. You swab your mouth. It's painless if okay, you do so, it right. <laughs> yeah, so it's your mouth. You just swab your mouth. You just swab your mouth. <laughs> you don't have to go into the other hole. And, no, oh. no, no. You take a swab. You send it back. It's that easy, right? Then mm-hmm. what they can do is they can tell you the history, the entire history of where you came from, where your family came from. And like they can do step-by-step. They can do uh, geographics where when your family moved from one area to another. I mean, they they can get down to pretty specific stuff in your family tree. It's fascinating. It sounds like it could be cool, but then when you do it, you're like, this is amazing. It's like when somebody reads your horoscope and it's dead on. Yeah. Only it's real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Cool. And you did this? Yeah. And guess what? Turns out... Uh, my mom's uncle was Vern Gagne. Oh, he, hold on to your yeah, dick. Yeah, he created the AWA. Yeah, usually, people don't know this unless yeah. they're from Minnesota. Yeah, no, I know this because I mean, like, he was uh, like one of the best, uh, biggest pro wrestler like promoters in the history of. He the, discovered the sport. Hulk Hogan. He did. Yeah, he was completely destroyed by Vince McMahon. Like Vince McMahon stole all like his territory from him. So I looked up Vern Gagne to get the whole story because now you found out that you're a blood relative. Yes. And uh, he started by uh, holding wrestling matches in his barn, like out back, like real style, like like barn wrestling. It's crazy. He like built a ring, and then he had wrestlers come over, and farmers would come watch. It's hard to get Midwestern farmers in the 50s to watch Greco-Roman style wrestling because yeah. it's way too sexy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so go to Ancestry.com uh, slash two dads. That's the number two and dads today for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. Find out who you are. Find out what you're made of, and uh, you can do that for cheaper with us. So go to Ancestry.com slash two dads today for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. That's Ancestry.com slash two dads, 20% off. And, uh, you know, get try, start figuring out who you are. Yeah. You're like Luke Skywalker, and you don't even know Darth Vader's yeah. your dad. Exactly. Ancestry. Get swabbed. <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. It's uh, it's, it's your dad, Julian McCullough. It's your pa, Sean. <laughs> what up? Hey, uh, before we get started, I went over our reviews a yeah. little bit, which I never do because I don't want to see You don't like don't reading reviews. Yeah. I don't. But we have 166 reviews. We got up. We went up. Yeah. We were a four an hour, a four and a half. That's great. And uh, they're all pretty positive, the last few. And so let's keep that going. It made yeah. me feel good, and I want to keep reading those. Jesselnik's show has 2,170 2, reviews, so mm-hmm. we only have to get 2,000 more reviews. Yeah, to be almost as popular. Yeah, so guys. Please. Go rate and review R- us Rate and review iTunes. and say nice things. I, yeah. I do like reading nice things, but I also like reading negative things. So if you want to like criticize- Well, constructively, I'm, yeah, I'm open to. I would like to know. I like to know when we talk over each other. That makes me happy, but mm-hmm. I don't need- Don't call me like a limp dick for no reason. <laughs> that always hurts. I mean, what if it's for a reason? I mean, if you know that my <laughs> dick is always limp, then yeah, sure, comment on it. <laughs> Man, how easy would your life be if your limp was always dick? My, my dick was always limp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if you just couldn't ever, you just knew you could never get hard, your life would be, you'd be like a, you'd speak seven languages and fucking no yeah. calculus too. Yeah, I mean, you probably would, but uh, like, there is that thing of, uh, in like Wolf of Wall Street when they were talking, like Matthew McConaughey is talking about how much you have to jerk mm-hmm. off. Yeah, like when you have to jerk mm-hmm. off. And it does really, really stress. So a limp dick would not be helpful. I like how he's like, you got to do it twice a day. I don't want to do it. You have to do it. <laughs> yeah. And if you get really good at it, you can do it while you're thinking about yeah, money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's interesting as a father when what? you watch that movie is the scene where he gets into a fight and Margot Robbie is wants a divorce. So he runs in and gets his daughter out of bed, who's like, looks five. Mm-hmm. 
Gets her out of bed. He's all coked up. And he runs downstairs, gets in his car, puts her in the car, crashes through the garage door, and then crashes into a statue in his driveway with his daughter in the car. That's one of those scenes where before you're a dad, you're like, oh, man, that's fucked up. And then while, while you're a dad, you're watching it with your hands over your eyes. You're yeah. like, I can't even oh, yeah. watch this. I know. I feel like Scorsese really uh, never does well with parenting. Like, no. there's never a good, like a good dad in his movies. Right, that's true. Yeah, they're I'm, all pretty monstrous. Yeah. Although Pesci in Goodfellas was a good dad, remember? He showed up in the at, in the morning after being out all night murdering people, and then he would come back and he made pancakes and, and oh, bacon yeah. for his kids. See, that's the nicest thing uh, that ever happened from a dad in a Scorsese movie. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think. Like, yeah, like, I would even say, like, Absentee Father is a running theme in all Scorsese movies. Like, even if you think of, like, Hugo, mm-hmm. the movie about the French robot. Well, who's not thinking about Hugo? Yeah, like, I mean, that, like, the dad's not present. Like, yeah. every movie. And yeah, what is he trying crazy. to say? But yet his mom's in all of his early movies, too. So it's weird. It is weird. Maybe. I've never looked up Scorsese's dad. No, me neither. But, like, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Hey, Teague, like, Teague let's, get, let's get Scorsese as a guest, and we'll ask him about his dad. Got it. All right, cool. Oh, my God. That'd be so great. I have so many questions. I bet he has a hotmail. Yeah. How, y- <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you dadding? How my dadding? Pretty good. Uh, it was Lulu's birthday. It was her fifth birthday. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Um, she got Legos and um, what else? Dresses and all kind of stuff. Oh, this is, a good, this is a good moment to talk about. So I knew that um, when you have two kids... Like, and one of them has a birthday, especially if they're close in age and same sex, I'm guessing, shit gets real when a bu- one of them gets a bunch of presents and the other one doesn't, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that makes so, sense. So I, I, war- I like cautioned Goldie before it happened. I was like, look, I know you're excited for Lulu's birthday. We all are. She's going to open a lot of presents and I don't want to see like snatching. I don't want to see, you know, like... uh any kind of just any, I don't want to see any shitty behavior. It's a happy day. You should be happy for your sister. And she's going to do, she's going to be the same way for you on your birthday. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's all going to be fine. We all have enough stuff. It's fine. So I basically talked to her like that. And I, and then, um, and like George Carlin, because you're like, well, there's too much stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we're going to get another box of bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. I never, I don't care about Carlin. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Anyway, the day happened, and she opened it, and, and Goldie went, went the other, like, she she uh, overdid it, where she was like, Lulu, that's amazing! Yeah. <laughs> like she was, like, over the top. Like, I feel nothing! Uh, yeah, I, I feel nothing but great feelings for you. And uh, But I could tell it was wearing on her a little bit, so then at the end of the, of the present opening session, she was like, uh, you know, her uh, Meg was like, okay, Lulu, time to call family and thank them, right? And she's like, okay. So I was like, this is a good time. So I pull Goldie outside, and I'm like, how's it going? How are you feeling? And she was like, um, and I was like, remember we talk about, like, you can, I always want you to tell me how you're feeling. It's how you act that you can get in trouble for, but you can never get in trouble for how you're feeling. So how are you feeling right now? And she, like, broke down, and in a normal voice, because she uses a lot of fake voices when she's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. In a normal voice, she was like, and this, like, pained smile, like she was about to cry. She was like, I'm feeling pretty jealous. And I was like so relieved that she admitted that because it's really hard to get her to talk about her feelings. Yeah, and she because she's human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they're not. So I was like, uh, "Well, that's great," you know. And I we had a moment where we talked about that it's okay to feel jealous, and you know that's totally natural and human and all that. And um, and I gave her a hug, and I think I said, "Didn't it feel? Doesn't it feel better to just like get it out instead of like acting out and like doing something?" crappy to somebody it's like just say i'm feeling jealous right now you know mm-hmm. and uh it worked and you know she was it, that it was a good moment and then later they got into a fight over a doll but yeah. uh <laughs> no i mean that will happen yeah that sounds like your dad did pretty well <laughs> yeah shit's getting real but it's you know i'm uh it really did feel good afterwards but it is something that uh i gotta i gotta work on there's some underlying issues that i'm i now we've been talking about it for too long but um i'm in therapy and i was talking to my therapist about it and he had some really good ideas about what's going on and how i can work on it that's so good. that's good so i'll yeah. I'll, re- I'll revisit when i after i use those God, how we, are you dad nolan was sick right nolan got his first stomach bug from daycare 
Uh, so at daycare, they they send us like constant updates, mm-hmm. and they sent us a note saying like, "Hey, there's a stomach bug going around. So if your kid shows any symptoms, wait 24 hours." Mm-hmm. They sent this like an hour after we dropped him off, and then that night he got sick. So now I'm just thinking they saw somebody like barf in his mouth. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> "We gotta write a note to them, tell them, hey, yeah, cover their track. <laughs> yeah, he's probably gonna throw up a yeah. lot." So that that sucked. It's so sad to see. Uh, oh, it's a, the worst. A sick kid, the helplessness. It's so he's so feel. helpless. And like yesterday, like he like stayed up all night barfing, and he just kept throwing up and throwing up and throwing up, and then he like passed out, and he was like fine. And he was fine. Was from he dry the- heaving after a while? No, he just he he was finding he was finding the strength. <laughs> he was d- and, digging and, deep and the juice to to barf it up later. But as he was doing it. He, he, like, passed out, and you're like, okay, f- fine, phew. He woke up, and he was, like, full of life. So we were like, yeah. oh, cool. That, like, He's all better. That turned the corner immediately. So then la- he, like, spent the whole day not throwing up. And then we got him, like, got him his bottle ready to go to sleep, and it was milk, and he just started throwing that up again. So oh, we were no. like, fuck. So now... Now he's better, but we know not to give him milk. It's weird. Kid sick are so weird because that hap- that's like a really common thing where they'll be sick and then they'll be better for a whole day and then yeah. they're not done. It's I so know. strange. It's so weird. I, I would love to know their body. I'm shocked because also knowing that this bug is going around and me being there like around him mm-hmm. and like cleaning up his throw up, it kind of felt like my wife and I, we were both just like bitten by a zombie and we were just waiting for it to take yeah. hold and like we're like oh I, <laughs> there's the stomach bug of brewing like yeah but it hasn't did happened you, yet did you do that thing where you go secretly puke in the bathroom and then come out like i'm fine i didn't know <laughs> yeah. i didn't get bit yeah no not yet but i i will say like i have maybe it's psychosomatic but you would I'm, definitely be the paul riser in the house <laughs> yeah 100 percent are you talking about mad about you <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah so that that was that was that was difficult. Yeah. Yeah, but uh it's kids six are terrible, man. There it's I mean it's just so gross and I feel like no throw up smells as bad as kid throw up. But you know what's even worse than that? And and that's bad. When they're throwing up and they can't stop, you feel so bad for them. Mm-hmm. And they're like freaking out. And kind oh of yeah, no. He and, he know. was like he would throw up then he'd just start crying and then he yeah. and then he stopped crying for a second just to throw up more. <laughs> like oh no. <laughs> this is a disaster. Uh it's like uh yeah, so the the only thing worse than that for me is the dry night cough. Holy shit. When they get a cough that's like takes two weeks oh. and they just cough all night long and you can't tell if they're awake. Usually they're yeah. sleeping through it, but you can't tell. And then sometimes they, they cough so much, you're like, they got to be awake. And then sometimes they do wake themselves up. But you hear the whole thing and it just sounds like your kid has like fucking typhoid or some shit the whole time. Oh, it's I, terrible. I mean, you're lucky you haven't had that yet. No, but my kid coughs all the time. And it's like whenever no one's paying attention to him, he just starts coughing. Yeah. It's, but you live in um, black mold, Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my whole house. <laughs> It's mostly mold. It looks like Stranger Things. <laughs> but you got a deal, right? Yeah, I got a deal. <laughs> it looks like Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, but, so but, that's how we're dad. Yeah, and this is a very special episode of Your Two Dads. Yes. Uh, we don't have a guest, and not because we couldn't book one. We could have easily booked one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. It's not they're, like we were turned down by a bunch of They're banging down the doors. <laughs> the, uh, if you, the good news is if you've enjoyed this episode so far, you're going to love the rest of the episode. Because it's gonna be Coach T. What's going on? Hey, Coach T. How Asking us lots of questions. Yeah. I never realized how unsexy our voices were until he spoke into oh, the yeah, microphone. No. Come on, no. <laughs> no, no, no. you guys are professionals. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I want to roll my bean right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we're doing a. We're just doing a one-on-one. Two. Wait, no. We're, we're, Coach T's yeah. joining us. Yeah. So we're gonna do a two-on-one. It's a two-on-one. Yeah. It's a du- Coach T is double teaming us. <laughs> <laughs> so when we come back. Uh, We're going to answer some parenting questions with Coach T. We'll be right back. Hey, Sean, let me ask you something. Yeah, go for it. Shoot, Chief. How how much time do you spend in front of your uh, phone or your computer? Oh, my God. Uh, How many many hours in a day? (laughs) I I sleep for seven, so I guess 17. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know that's bad for your eyes, right? That's why. No. That's why we started wearing Movement's EverScroll blue light filtering glasses. They're built to protect our eyes from blue light that's known to cause eye strain, discomfort, and poor sleeping patterns. Should I wear these while I'm sleeping? I think you should. Uh, The reason these glasses are cool is they protect your eyes from 
looking at a computer screen too long, right? Which I do all day long, and I'm not even lying when I say this. Everyone is always saying, hey, why are you squinting so much? Yeah. And I think it's because I'm slowly going blind. Will Pro- this help? Yes, absolutely. And the best part is, I well, the best part is that it, they're helping your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. But the second best part is they're movement glasses, so they're cool. Like, you can choose from all these frames that look like awesome, like, cool glasses they got aviators yeah they got aviators they got aviators they got the harry potter kind i'm sure they have real uh styles that they want us to quote but 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 our listeners get what we're saying they got top gun they got harry potter (laughs) (laughs) they got under the silver lake yeah they got Teen Wolf shade tipping. The av- look, the average person spends almost seven hours a day in front of a screen. Movement's blue light glasses help us to change our habits so that we can keep up with a changing technological world and look cool doing it. You can wear these glasses all over the all over the city. Yeah. And no one will be like, why is that guy wearing fake glasses? They'll be like, ooh, who's, who's, who's that smarty pants? Yeah. With who's that Harvard grad? <laughs> <laughs> Everscroll blue light filtering glasses start at just $65. Whether you're at the office, scrolling through your phone, or unwinding from a long day, Everscroll glasses have you covered. I always say, the, the, the movement asks us to say that this is the three Bs, better focus, better sleep, better style. There you go. And you can get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash two dads. That's mvmt.com slash the number two and dads for 15% off with free shipping and free returns. Go to mvmt.com slash two dads, the number two dads. Join the movement. I've always thought the three Bs were butts, boobies, and vaginas. (laughs) That's our next ad. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. We're back. It's me, it's you, Sean. It's Coach T. And Coach T is here, right. filling in to ask us questions. All right, I'm so We excited. have no prior knowledge of these questions. Hold on. Before we get into any of this, uh, we should let our listeners know okay. that you are not just some dude. Oh, You're okay. our producer, but You're, you oh, also yeah, yeah. have a background in dealing with kids. Oh, yes. So talk, just tell our listeners a little bit what you do. I work with at-risk youth. I'm a wrestling coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to run a few programs, and now I just volunteer. I believe they're called wrestling managers. Okay. That's what they call them in <laughs> WWE. <laughs> coach. Okay. Collegiate style. Collegiate style. <laughs> oh, okay. You go Greco-Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the tight that's the, that's the sexy one. Yeah. Is that why they're at risk? Is because they're constantly being held in headlocks? They're at, they're, at, <laughs> they're at risk of coming too fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. We won't interrupt your yeah. background anymore. So I work in a place that uh, instead of just locking the kid up, they try to treat the family and they try to treat the community and they sit down and they have uh, they try to address the root of the problems. And That's then, amazing. That sounds like the hardest thing in the world. Um. Yeah. But it's great. I mean, it's worth it. I, I would say so. You learn a lot. You just learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about people. Uh, I have no answers. I just a lot of observations. <laughs> okay. All right. So with that said, (laughs) Uh, I've never believed this more until right now. Coach T's in the CIA. (laughs) He changed the subject so fucking quick. Having said that, here's some questions. (laughs) What age are you guys comfortable with your kids having sex? Comfortable with each other? No, no. <laughs> well, I want with, Nolan to at yeah, least be their, thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say you want to. You can go first. The boy answer is probably easier. I don't know. I don't know if it's easier. Just I think it's the same because I'm a, I'm an Irish Catholic boy, so mm-hmm. I'm approved by nature. Right, and I mean, like I listen. He's gonna. No, you're. You just said the opposite. You're an Irish Catholic boy, so you're approved by nurture, not by, by nurture. Nature. Yeah, yeah, by nurture. Yeah, go. sure. By nature, but, you're a normal human being. <laughs> I don't even know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was born without a dick, and I've lived my life with uh, not dick. Okay. Okay. So I feel like uh, for me. I, I'm just not going to ever think about it. <laughs> cool. I mean, like, if that's he w- definitely yeah. keeping that train rolling. Yeah. If if he if he wants if he wants to to pork it up, <laughs> we can pork it up. <laughs> Whatever he wants. I just hope he's safe. I will tell him about. Uh, I'll I'll teach him how to put a condom on using a banana mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I see. I don't. I don't even know. I can't. I can't talk about sex without joking about it because right. it is okay. that ingrained to me. But I do think, like, 
if he if he's gonna have sex at fourteen because he's growing up in L.A. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't tell me about it. Like uh, it's um that reminds me of so Caitlin Palufo opened for me in um, Michigan recent in Detroit mm-hmm. recently. And she had this great joke about how her sex ed teacher taught her how to put a condom on a banana. And she's like, that's actually not the hardest part. The hardest part is convincing the banana to wear a condom. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, so you're basically you're not answering. My, my answer is I'll probably talk to him about it when I, he's 13 years old. That's way too late, dude. Is it? Yes. What? T. To dude, even I didn't bring even, it up, dude. I didn't even find out about fingering till I was twelve, and that was like how, at a Catholic school. How was how, and how has your uh, sexual maturity been? I mean, I'm still not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hear that women peak at 38, and I am hoping uh, I fall into that camp. <laughs> no, that's fine. If you want to wait till 13, when he already knows more than you do, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, you really, wait, you really think like. I'm not saying this is the talk where you tell him to go fuck somebody. No, I'm saying, well, I don't also don't think that's what the talk is, Julia. You don't sit your kid down. It's like you better get laid or you're not allowed in this house. Oh man, <laughs> like I, I feel like thirteen. I think they're mature enough, like to uh, to talk about it. Then I agree. I just know that other people are going to think we're saying that's too yet. That are going to say that's too old. Who you know these fucking people. realists? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say for talking about sex and oh, man. I mean, I don't even know. Am I supposed to do it? I'm the dad, and I have a daughter. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I mean, think what, so. What age are you comfortable with her? Going that far with Oh, wait, what was the original question? Was it when to have the talk or when are they allowed to have sex? When are you comfortable with it? Oh, that was the question. So you said 13. Got it. No, no, no. no. (laughs) When am I comfortable with it? 18. 18. 18? Good that's, luck with that. Well, no, I know it's not going to happen, but that's when- Have you seen Nolan? He's so hot. Yeah, no, he's a a little hunk. But like, in my my parental brain, like, I think I could fathom my two-year-old who's two years old (laughs) Fucking at eighteen, like yeah. in, he's two, so I I only see him as this little child, right? Okay. So like in terms of that, I'm like, let's get him to eighteen, and then he could, he could fucking fuck everyone on the sunset. Well, I think strip. that's a good strategy is to um, always see your child as you wish to see him in your mind, and that yeah. way you never have to deal with who he really is. Exactly. I mean, he's two. <laughs> I, I know who he really is right now. The thi- the thing is, is the true the true mystery is I feel like once you hit high school, like fourteen, mm-hmm. that's when your pa- like your parents don't know who you are anymore because right. yeah. that's like when you've learned to you shut your to, door all the time. Yeah, you. Yeah. That's when you've learned to like fake it around them. Right. So like I know that's going to happen, but at eighteen. He's an adult, and I'm like, yeah, that dude's a ripping ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll already be in Florida doing uh, choreographed boy band dances because yeah. he's going to be famous by 14, <laughs> that kid. Uh, I'm going to say, would I be comfortable? Comfortable. You know, I would be comfortable... You're not asking when I think they're gonna, or no. when I think you should be allowed. When you're like, oh, when I'm okay. comfortable, you know, I think sex. I think young kid, young people are uh, generally mature wise not old enough to handle what sex is until they're like fucking twenty two years old. Like I think that you you have no concept or pers- perspective on what it really means to do it until you're older than everybody starts doing it. And so my answer is I'm comfortable with them starting at like 23. Do I think that's going to happen? Fuck no. But no. that's what I think. No. That's what I think you're like actually mature enough to understand what you're doing. Yeah. And to enjoy Which it. Which is confusing mm-hmm. because in Julian's late 20s, he was with a lot of 18-year-olds. <laughs> no, that is, that is not true. You always make that joke about me. It's not true. <laughs> What what childhood experience can you think back that truly affected you, positive uh, or negative? You're like I'm different after that shit. Oh, I have a few. The first one that st- comes to mind is that what? time that clown jerked you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't that great. So I was just like, all right, clowns. He didn't make me laugh once. <laughs> um. 
when I was must have been five years old, uh, we my parents split for a year, uh-huh. um, and at the time I didn't know why for till I was like twenty. But and I, I won't. It, there, it doesn't really matter right now because at five I didn't understand why they just mm-hmm. did. It was because you sucked. It was. It was. <laughs> I mean, it was, I knew it was my fault. It was because I couldn't ride a bike fast enough. <laughs> um, so the. Um, my mom started seeing this dude named Stacy, which is hard enough to get over as a five-year-old. You're like, he has a girl name? What the f-? As I recall, he looked exactly like George Costanza, but without the glasses. Wow, and his name was Stacy? Yeah. This guy that, has, had, that is not a Stacy look. Like, in the, my mind, Stacy would have had a mullet at that time. The, the way I remember this guy, I'm like, it can't be accurate because my mom was attractive. And I'm like, there can't, it must have been this thing where, like, my five-year-old brain made this dude look like Costanza yeah. and give him a girl name. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was just like, yeah. it was like self-defense like defense yeah. mechanisms yeah. left and right. Yeah. He, or he had a 15-inch dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what this is about, actually. So, yeah, he probably looked like Liam Hemsworth. Um, but so uh, one night he was over, and I came out of my room probably to pee or something like that. And um, I was walking down the hallway back to my room, and he walked out of their room. in he was wearing tidy whities but they were red. And uh, he had a boner. And I just remember seeing it in the hallway and being like, no, I didn't see like the flesh part. Yeah, no. But I was just like, and I I didn't understand it really at the time. And I I just knew I didn't like it, but I didn't like, I wasn't like traumatized by it or anything. And then I just went to bed, but I'll never forget that. So that is a transformative thing when you see a boner for the first time. I I mean, I have yet to see one in my life. When you see your first boner, it's it's supposed to be your dad's. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my dad showers fully clothed. <laughs> he showers in swims in a swimsuit. Yeah. Um, the, the I mo- should do a positive one next, but go ahead. One of the most transformative the, the moment that I will never. It was almost a. It's. I'm not going to do a negative one because I know the negative one, and I just don't want to get into negative. You only stuff. have one. No, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, like I have. You don't have to do that one, but you can do. I mean, no. Yeah, no. I have two moments that I was never the same afterwards. I'll I'll do the the funny one. Okay, because it's a podcast and we're here to entertain. That's true. Uh, so my friend Mike Gilligan, I don't know why I said his full name, (laughs) but he uh, when we were eleven, he got a hot box. He his family had a hot box, which is like what is that? It's basically this thing that like if you talk to the cable guy and give him extra money. He oh yeah he hooked, I was picturing a sauna. No, he hooks up like uh, all the channels, all the channels. Right. So you had like all the porn channels. So we had this sleepover like when we were eleven, mm-hmm. and we all we were watching, we just watching Spice, but like eleven but real years, Spice, like Spice Channel. Wow. Yeah. So it was like hard sex, and we're ele- that gave me like butterflies yeah. in my stomach just hearing that. Yeah, it was like we were just watching uncensored. Sex, like me, to- Mike Gilligan, Sean Malowich, and I think Jack McDonald. There's four of us, and we're all watching it, getting like little boy wood, but not knowing what to do with it because right. we're like 11 years old and we're just watching it. We're watching it repeatedly. Like, yeah, we watched it for like four hours straight because like Mike's parents were uh, like out, right? So they came home at one. <laughs> You're like watching the full plot of these yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, we watched like four <laughs> movies back to back to back, like. <laughs> you're like you're like hard and then you're like the butler did it <laughs> yeah we were i mean we were like 10 or 11 and like every time every time there was a hard dick we'd all like look away <laughs> yeah and then be like who looked and then like <laughs> <laughs> but we, but it was like the first time we ever saw sex so it right. was just like jarring but his parents came home at like 1 30 a.m uh-huh. and we were we were busted uh, unlike our nuts, right? And <laughs> so we changed the channel really quick to Mortal Kombat. Had you masturbated yet at all? No, okay. no, me neither. Yeah, I didn't. I was a late bloomer. I, me too. Yeah. Uh, but I made up for lost time. Gross. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were watching. We were, we turned the channel and Mortal Kombat was on. Uh-huh. And then, like, like, and you all just splooged immediately. <laughs> I, I mean. Truly, I think this is why like sex is tied in. <laughs> Did you finish him? <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like maybe this is why sex is tied into jokes in my head. Yeah. Is because 
we flipped the channel and we were so busted. Just four 11 year olds with like little tiny boners. And we were like, we're watching Mortal Kombat for the seventh time. <laughs> and then we all tried to like quote the movie. Were they questioning you? No. We, <laughs> we were just, they just walked in. We were so guilty. <laughs> so guilty. And we're like, Johnny Cage, <laughs> fight. Oh, man. So. So in my mind, like, that is, like, a moment where I was just like, okay, well, sex leads to getting caught. Mm -hmm. And, like, but you're always away. You can always talk yourself out of it with just funny things. Yeah. And that is, like, a formative experience in my life. I think about it a lot. Wait, what was the funny thing you talked your way out of it with? By pretending to Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. We tried to sync up our voices to Mortal Kombat (laughs) to prove that we've watched it seven times in a row. And like, I truly think like his parents came in and they were probably like when they went upstairs, they're like, so they were all jerking each other. (laughs) 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 Sean. I've said this before. Whitney Houston has said it before. Our kids are the future, and it's our job to prepare them for that. We got to empower them to be creative, confident, and fearless in all their endeavors. You know how I'm always saying this to you? You are always saying this to me, but I thought you were talking about me, not kids. (laughs) You're always like, Sean, you should be fearless. (laughs) No, it's too late for you. But we can help our kids with something called KiwiCo. Do you know about KiwiCo? I do. We we got this. It was amazing. It, it's great. It's a subscription box, much like your FabFitFuns or your Trunk Club, where uh, these subscription boxes are so fun. You know, the, the idea is you get this uh, thing in the mail. You don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be worth way more than you paid for it. Yeah, right? and it creates super cool hands-on projects for kids to make learning. This about... is a kid subscri- subscription box, Yeah, and it's, it's a, great. It's a kid subscription box. And it creates super cool hands-on projects for kids to make learning about STEAM fun. Do you know what STEAM means? No, what? Science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) There are seven lines to choose from for kids of all ages, from zero to 104. (laughs) That's definitely a typo. (laughs) Is it? No, I think it's right. You kids of all ages, zero to 104? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but if you're 105, uh, you just it's you know you won't be able to handle it. They have all different kinds of crates too: panda, koala, kiwi, atlas, doodle, tinker, and eureka crates. And do if you, you think eureka has something to do with invention? Because you <laughs> yeah. go eureka. Uh, each box comes with all the supplies needed for that month's project: a detailed, easy to follow instruction kit written for kids, an educational magazine to learn even more about that crate's theme, and you can do it together which is awesome. They always, psychologists say, the happiest you can be is when you work on a project together and complete it. That is the happiest that humans can be. So do it with your kid. KiwiCo is a convenient, affordable way to encourage your children to be anything they want to be. There is no commitment. You could cancel any time. Monthly options start at $16.95 a month, including shipping. For our listeners, go to KiwiCo.com slash two dads. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash the number two and dads to get your first month free. Again, go to KiwiCo.com slash two dads. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash the number two and dads and get your first month project free. That's KiwiCo.com slash two dads. What have you learned that that you need to be looking for that you would tell someone else? What have you learned that people should be looking for in their spouse, mother, partner? Like what have you learned? Like if you were going to tell your son or your son or maybe if you had a son, what to look for in the person that they're going to create life with? Oh, like what what good qualities are you looking for? Or bad qualities to stay away from. Okay. Uh, you go first. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, truly, like, I already think I've raised a mother boy, or my my wife has raised a mother boy, so... What I, does that mean? You know, like, uh, it's a, it's an Arrested Development thing, where Buster... Oh, I thought uh, it was a kung fu movie. No, <laughs> uh, Bu- Buster's a mother boy, like, it's a mama's boy, but it's yeah. a funnier way to say <laughs> mama's boy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I feel like, and I was one, uh-huh. so I, I, I almost feel like he's just going to marry someone like my wife anyway, so... <laughs> There's nothing really I can do. Uh, there's no advice I could give him because he's two. I just know it. You already gave up. <laughs> I've given up. He's, he's he's a mother's boy. You know it's too late. Yeah. You know, yeah by the time they're two, yeah, they're listen, fully formed. Yeah. He's already engaged. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, truly, like, I, I, I can't. Say, I think I, what he's asking you is what's great about Aaron. Right. Right. But everything's great about Aaron. That's okay. why I'm saying that I think like he's already made up his mind and like he's going to marry <laughs> someone like his mom. Like the things that I I like everything about Aaron, mm-hmm. which is uh easy to say, but like there's also things that she does that I don't think she likes that I like it. Where like I'm not a self-sufficient human being, mm-hmm. but she helps like fill in all of the gaps in my like uh, how to survive. Uh-huh. She keeps me alive, uh, which I am very thankful for because yeah. there are just things I don't know. And but I hope, I hope in my heart of hearts that Nolan knows how to do all those things I don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. And when I say this, I, I'm I like I don't know how to do laundry. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's a it's so a tasks you're talking tasks. about tasks yeah okay. I mean laundry as a whole is something I talk about in therapy a lot uh, because I see I see piles of clothes and it it makes me go insane mm-hmm. when I look at dirty a, piles of clothes a, a dirty pile of clothes where in my head I'm like I could clean all of this but then it would just create another pile of dirty clothes eventually so what's the point of having clean clothes because they're just going to be dirty. And then my therapist is like, that's insane. And I'm like, I know. I feel like I'm a nihilist. And then that's what we mostly talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Our therapies therapies are so different. Yeah. Um, Mine are mostly just uh, all of my uh, stress and anxiety from tasks. Right. So Mm -hmm. I hope he's better at tasks and can find a partner who... uh, who doesn't have to fill in the gaps, but Aaron's perfect because she fills in the gaps and she's lovely as a human being. Right. That's yeah. nice. Um, I would say that... Um, oh, I'm, you, you know I'm going to give the much more serious answer. I know. But, okay, so... <laughs> I'm uh, a, this is... We're a yin and a yang, Julian. I know. You're wearing a Batman shirt. <laughs> he's the most serious comic book character there is. I know. He, he's a man with no... You're but, Ant-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I am Ant-Man. I'm small and I like to make jokes. And you're, you're Batman. Yeah. A man who's never gotten over his dark past. <laughs> uh, so I would say that um, the first... This is the kind of answer that annoys people, but... It's not about what you look for in another person first. I would say that uh, my biggest regret in life is not addressing and taking on full f- like full speed ahead, face first, what I knew my issues were. Because what happens is when you don't know why you do the things you do, but they're always bad patterns, mm-hmm. or you're never happy in relationships, or whatever. If you nev- If you know that something's wrong and you're not doing anything about it, you're going to pay for it. And I paid for it with a terrible marriage. And I would say that before you worry about what's in somebody else, make sure that you are that you feel healthy, that you feel like you have boundaries in your life, that you when you when you want to do something, you're able to do it when that you don't find yourself like drinking for no reason or yeah. you know, that you're not like running from something that's missing. And to actually sit with yourself and be like, do I feel like something isn't working inside? And if it isn't, that's great. That's fine. You're a human being. You know, I'm a proponent of everybody should be in therapy. I don't think anybody's perfect. So, you know, it's not, it has nothing to do with like, you're crazy. I mean, that's such an old timey way of looking at it. But I would say like, talk to somebody, tell them about the patterns in yourself that you're like, not quite sure why they're not panning out the way that you want. Because... You want you don't want to get caught up with someone because what happens is we absolutely look for people that are unhealthy the way we are familiar with. A hundred percent. And here's what I as someone who's known you for fifteen years now, uh wow, I'm so old. <laughs> uh fifteen years is uh you for the first time since I've known you are aggressively yourself now. Uh-huh. And like as uh, this is me, like I'm I've always kind of been aggressively myself. Yeah. Uh but you would, I would. You I were would, so aggressive with yourself. Yeah. You had to stop drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I, I'm way. I was way. I still am way too comfortable with who I am. Where yeah. like that's why I could. Therapy's trying to help me with like getting rid of like how I, 
I don't want to make the joke every time, but uh, I I still do. Anyway, uh, it will. I'll be fixed one day. Yeah. But at the same time, like I watch, like I watch you through all these. Uh, I would say phases. No terrible relationships. <laughs> <laughs> and you would like you would kind of change yourself a little bit each time. And now, yeah. like I feel like you're more stable and like you're aggressively yourself. That's actually literally happening right now. And this is a good time to plug. A, I, I read a lot of self-help. I haven't brought it up on the show, but I'm going to start doing it because I think that our listeners could use it. And I think that not all of them are bullshit. Some of them are really helpful. The one that I'm that you are touching on that I'm reading right now is called No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Guy. I want to say Gavin, but I could be wrong about that. Sorry. Anyway. Um but it's called No More Mr. Nice Guy and that sound it's a terrible title, but it's um, Yeah, it's real bad. It yeah. is. Yeah, you could do better, Dr. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> but basically Butthouse. But basically um he does touch on um he, the the ultimate the the bottom line of the book is nice quote unquote he doesn't mean nice guys like it's not one of those books that's like stop being a pussy and take what you want it's not like that okay good it's not at all like that because I will say that's what it seems like but that's Uh, if I'm just from the title yeah from the title but don't judge a book by its title that's what I always (laughs) say yeah grapes of wrath there's like no grapes (laughs) Um, so the uh, the premise is basically uh, nice guys quote unquote nice guys that um are guys who, as children at an early age, were taught that their needs were either made them bad or um, were not important. So they figured out that asking for what they need was uh, not okay. And that's the, what make it. That's what makes a nice guy. Well, I'll show you how. Well, because in my uh, in my mind, I'm like America's sweetheart. And then my whole thing is nice is sarcastic, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm just nice, regular. Okay. Yeah. 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 Fine. Well, cool. no, I think you are yeah. one of these guys, yeah. but we'll see. <laughs> no, because so, uh, my my needs my needs always came second because I was a uniter, not a divider, in my house. Where that I can was, still be, but that can still be. Well, why don't you listen? I would take on my mommy's <laughs> feelings, <laughs> according to my therapist. Um. <laughs> I like how, how this thing started to touch on something, so you just were like, interrupt, 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 interrupt. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> if I, This is why my therapist can never know I have a podcast, because I uh, undo everything she tried to open up inside of me. Are you oh, curious wow. where this is going? Yes! <laughs> my God! Tell me more about the books you read, Julian. <laughs> uh, see, it's a good thing we're close friends, because a regular person would think you were being extremely rude. No, and no, I'm not. I get it. Yeah. You're just terrified. Yeah. So um, the a nice guy doesn't think, as a child, because of an either overcritically parent or an abandoned or a neglectful parent, thinks that their needs aren't important, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of asking for what they need as they get older, they it's it's still a need. So it's not like it's going to go away if you just don't if you ignore it, right? Mm-hmm. You still need to get it met. But we feel like we're not allowed to talk about it, and we're not allowed to say it out loud because it'll either get ridiculed, ignored, or criti- criticized. Mm-hmm. So instead, we end up employing these weird, crazy, like sideways ways of getting our needs met. And one of the ways is like covert contracts, where you're like, you convince yourself, and this is a childhood logic, so it doesn't work when you get older, and it just ends up ruining all of your relationships. Yeah. But you're like, I don't want to make waves. I want everything to be smooth. I don't want there to be drama. Why can't we all just get along? But what ends up happening is because the world is not like that and people are not like that and conflict is natural, right? Yeah. If you never stand up for yourself, if you never say what you are or who you are and you're always just trying to um, be what the other person needs so you don't fight, you end up losing who you are. Exactly. I I would say that was – who you were in your marriage a little that's bit. That's why this yeah. came up yeah. right now. Because you used to dress. We've been having a conversation. Yeah, like now you're you're wearing your Batman shirt like you used to. <laughs> like I, I, I feel like when you were married, you dressed kind of like you were a Lutheran millionaire. <laughs> like it was like, it was always just short of a turtleneck, but you were so close to a Do turtleneck. Do you want to know, you know, I'm, I mean, this is occurring to me right now, but I know what I was doing. I was wearing like, like a, 
comfy fuzzy sweaters and mm-hmm. like you know shawls and shit oh, and like on, that and on stage you were like oh i you know what's adorable and yeah. like that's not who you are julian who I know. you are is you're a scumbag gentleman exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so i i realized now what i was doing which i i felt so unbelievably unsafe in that marriage like i was emotionally felt like i could never express how i felt not even close and i was i didn't have any safe places to go I would sit in the car and listen to Phil Collins. That was like mm-hmm. how I would, f- like you know, deal yeah. with it, right? Yeah. And uh, and so I was wearing these like sweaters so I could feel like some kind of uh, comfort or like connection yeah. to like when I looked in the mirror, I'd hope to see a man that I would feel safe like getting a yeah. hug from. Like yeah. that was like what I was doing. I yeah, was, you were dre- I was co- before Cosby got found out. Yeah. I was like Cosby sweatering myself. You kind mm. of were. You were dressing like an '80s sitcom dad. I was because that's like in a way, I guess, comforting. Yeah, but at the same time, it was losing who you were. I know. And you, you are like you're a guy who's supposed to be talking about dicks and pussies. That's right. And then like in that, you, you're. I also like, love a butthole. Yeah, you're. <laughs> you're like, let me tell you about the Babysitters Club. I'm a hey, weird guy. That's a great bit. <laughs> it's a great bit. A great bit. And honestly I stand by the babysitters no that was a good bet yeah I will give you that but uh, you're right. I, yeah. I remember in my stand-up even, I was like, what am I even talking about? No, because like the, the beauty of- Because I was terrified to talk about the truth, yeah. which is, well, when you're married and you have a kid, you can't really go on stage no, and be no, like, no. <laughs> I'm dying inside. <laughs> no, that, that uh, is true. So uh, basically, let me just finish this nice guy thing out and then we can move on. But um, you do these covert contracts because you're not allowed to just say to somebody, I need you to, for example, um, I need to- I need from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night, I need to go do stand-up. And you have to deal with that. That's a need that Mm -hmm. you're expressing to somebody. Instead of doing that, I would do something like um, do like all the chores just every day, just all the chores. Wouldn't have anyone do anything else. And and this isn't just in my marriage. This is like my whole life I've been like this. Mm-hmm. Where I'll just like overdo it in some random fucking way, right? Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to know that when without me asking for it, what I need in return. Yeah. And I've done it. I've done this shit for you. So now you have to do the thing for me and you need to know what it is. And I haven't communicated to you at all. And so what ends up happening is you start resenting the other person because they're not meeting your needs. They don't understand you or why you feel angry or sad ever. And then you never actually express being angry or sad directly. So it's like the whole thing is a fucking mess. And this book, it's I only started reading it like three weeks ago, and it has completely like changed. Like I'm just saying what I need now. I don't yeah. care anymore because I'm too old and I'm not living the rest of my life like that. No. But it, there is some fallout, and Meg's having you know she's still dealing with like the nice guy. Shit she doesn't like she doesn't like big dick Julie walk around. <laughs> I need no. some head. That's that's uh, she. The, one of the best things about her is that she has been saying this to me from day one. She's like. Sometimes I feel, yeah, no, no, she hasn't, she, she's never been, ever been abusive in any way, not even close, but she'll be, she'll call me out on the truth all the time. And she'll be like, how come sometimes I feel like I don't know who you are? Like, how come you will always just do what I want to do, or you'll have a similar opinion or you'll whatever. It's like, just tell me what you need. Tell me. She had to convince me to fart in front of her. I wouldn't do it forever. And she was That's like insane. she was like you're not leaving this room until you fart right now. But but, but that mm. that is that makes me happy to hear because she wants yeah, big dick Julian. Yeah. She wants gentleman's slime bag. Hey Julian, I'm stressed. What's the matter, buddy? Oh, work got me down. Oh man, you know what would really help with that? What? Meditation and I liquor. <laughs> How does meditation work? I can never do it. Every time I try to do it, like my brain's like, stop this. Right. Well, that's the thing is, um, you're not supposed to be able to just like meditate perfectly right away. Like no one, you're not going to just like clear your mind. That's insane. It's so hard to do that. Is what there what any happens way is, I could learn? Yeah. You could simple habit is an app that is really really effective. They're guided meditations, so you don't have to worry about just like sitting there and wanting to crawl out of your own skin. You have somebody talking you through it, and um, and a, a lot of time. And they also have simple habit has like a, so many different meditations for specific tasks in your life that you want to do. Uh, if you're trying to write, if you're trying to. 
um, work out, if you're trying to listen better. They're, they have targeted meditations for different problems in your life that'll really help you. You know, you meditate for five minutes using simple habit, and you can focus on you can meditate on an, uh, something you have to do that day, and then that task will be so done so much better with a clearer mind. It's really great. Um, but yeah, you don't have to worry about your brain going crazy. That's like what it's about. You just focus on your breathing, mm-hmm. and then when you if every time you can't you're not supposed to do it right all the time so anytime you feel like you're doing it wrong you just go i'll be i'll start over and then you start over and then if it happens immediately you just go i'm gonna start over and then you start over and you just keep doing that and if you just say i'll start over five thousand times in five minutes you'll open your eyes and still feel better whoa yeah you can't get it wrong so will help me write the only way you get it wrong is not doing it okay so yeah. it'll help me write it'll help me it was founded by this lady you knock him and she was unsatisfied. I know Kim. Was... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Simple Habit has it's a it's a really great app. It's developed by this woman who um, wanted better apps out there and couldn't find any to help her meditate. She realized there should be like a database of different meditations with different voices, and you know, so you can scroll and find somebody that you really want to hear when you're trying to meditate on different topics, different lengths, all that kind of thing. So she basically took that, put them all together, and this app is like the one-stop shop you need for meditating. It's fantastic. But right now, for our Your Two Dads listeners, you could go to simplehabit.com slash two dads. That's the number two dads. So if you you want, if you need help with meditation like I do, go to simplehabit.com slash two dads. That's the number two and dads to get the offer. 30% 30% off premium subscription for the first 50 listeners. Simplehabit.com slash two dads, the number two dads. Simplehabit.com slash two dads, the number two dads. You guys should go do it, and Sean, you should do it, buddy. I need to. All right, this is the last one. This is really good. Okay. I mean, what we've done so far is really good. Uh, how do you prevent the passing on of your demons to your children? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that I think I definitely uh, am working on in therapy is fine is addressing my true demons mm-hmm. and like getting out like and basically here's the ultimate truth is that like everyone's parents just fuck them up in different ways and like mm-hmm. then you have to just unpack all of the ways that they right. fucked you up and stuff. So like I think with my kid, I'm trying to do the opposite of what my mom, because, like, my dad, like, he did not fuck me up in any way because he, as my therapist said, after, like, three months of going there, I mentioned my dad, and she's like, that's the first time you ever mentioned your dad. Wow. Yeah, he's kind of not there. So, like, but, like, my mom just did all this fucking stuff. So I'm trying to not do that with Nolan, and I do find myself falling into those traps where like can you name one specifically yes of course so like if i'm like i'm like give me a hug and he goes no and i'm like but that makes me sad and then i'm like oh i'm putting guilt on him and then once Mm -hmm. that guilt once that guilt is placed on him even though he's two and not like he's he's already packing it into his head that guilt exists and stuff like that it's not even just that it's that it's that he will now learn to hug people when he doesn't feel like it. Yeah. To make them not feel bad. Yeah. And that's exactly I'm, what I was doing. Yeah. You know, so that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's good that you're aware of it. Yeah, I'm aware of it. So I'm trying to not do that. Like, but that truly, like, what you my, could do, but you know what you could do instead? And he can't talk right now, right? But, yeah. But you could I mean, say, give me a hug. I want a hug. And if he, if he doesn't want to, say that a nice thing to do, Nolan, is. Use your words and say, I don't really feel like a hug right now, but it's not personal. Yeah, I don't think that's our relationship right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying down the, I'm saying down the line. Down the line. Because a lot of times people don't express it and then yeah. and then people have bad feelings and they project and blah blah blah. Oh, but if you course. just it's teach them it's totally okay to be like, I just don't feel like it right now, but you're okay and I'm okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to remember that because that is just the opposite of how I would do things. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to uh, to recalibrate who you are as your uh, as a person. I'm 34, and I'm like, feel like I'm set in my ways, but I am working on it. So it would be great to 
have an actual conversation with my child. Another uh, shout out for that. It's called reparenting. You reparent yourself. And uh, the holistic psychologist is on Instagram. She's this late. She's a psychologist in Philly, based in Philly, which I love because she has the fucking hoagie. Yeah, she has yeah. hoagie mouth. Yeah. And uh, she uh, she teaches techniques about how to do that when you realize what what you want to change about yourself and how to do it. Oh wow, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. It's very good. But I'm not going to listen to some fucking Philly crash. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a bunch of, she has tattoos, but they're not, she doesn't have any like yeah, neck yeah, tattoos yeah. or anything like that. Is what you need to do. You got to go to Wawa, get water. So I think what I'm getting is your answer is you're figuring out what yours are right now. We're figuring out, and I'm, I'm like readdressing those things with him. Like I'm, I'm trying to undo all of the things in myself so I don't do that to, I don't pass it on. If I had to. Because everything with me is just death and guilt. Right. Guilt and death. I've just been, I've been uh, drowning in get, uh, death and guilt since I was a kid. Uh, which my therapist says is not as normal as I thought. <laughs> and, uh, I've been drowning in guilt, not death, yeah, but guilt. Yeah. Death. My mom used to make me go to a lot of funerals, uh, even though I didn't want to, and I, I asked her not to. She would take me to funerals. I didn't even know the people needed to chi. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was like yard sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'd she drive like, the neighborhood. Her rings. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, uh, my, my family. And then yell lot. at you for not crying. <laughs> <laughs> my family is a large Irish Catholic family. So uh, there's somebody's just, always dying. Yeah, there's just hundreds and they're all dying. Yeah. They're mm. all. Yeah, it was really, but I would always have to go and it would fuck me up. So death and guilt are like my main two things. And I'm trying to make sure that Nolan never finds out about death. Right. <laughs> there you I rolled go. my eyes when I said that. Yeah. But like with guilt, I'm definitely not trying to put any of that guilt that I have sure. about everything on him. That's good. That's good. And you're not going to raise him Irish Catholic, so it's no. like that's going to be do a lot of it. No, he's uh, going to be Armenian. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't feel any guilt. <laughs> uh, the only advice I would give you directly as someone who knows your family relationship, I would say uh, look into boundaries. Boundaries are the biggest part that a yeah. lot of people don't know. And, no. and that's how you've get the most fucked up very, is very by not true. having them here's the beauty of boundaries what I found out about boundaries I think last weekend is with boundaries you don't have to tell the person that you've set a boundary you can just set it in your brain yeah you can just inf- but you have to enforce it yes and I have been doing that yeah. with my mom and it has been great I, she sends text messages I don't respond mm-hmm. and I feel nothing <laughs> So if you're listening to this, mom, keep texting. I'm yeah. not responding, uh, yeah. but I will call you twice a week. That's uh, a promise. There you go. That's a good I boundary. Said boundaries. That's a really yeah. good boundary. Yeah. Uh, and the famous quote is: uh, "People who don't respect boundaries feel like a boundary is an insult or an attack." Mm. When it's not at all, you're just saying, "Don't cross this line." No. And then they go, "Why are you attacking me?" Yeah. And that's what you got to ignore. I know. It's it's uh, also hard not to feel attacked. I will say that. Well, that's because you're so attackable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got one of those attackable faces. I know. It's just like, hey, uh, punch me. <laughs> uh, so my demon that I don't want to pass on is what we were just talking about. I think that um, I need to hurry up. I might even already be a little – I am a little too late on this. I need to hurry up and be myself all the time in front of the girls so they know where I stand and they know – that they can, they don't have to guess or try to figure out what I need or what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? Because that yeah. set, that makes yeah. them crazy. And do you feel like you you mentioned earlier that when Goldie's feeling a sort of way, she talks in different voices? Yeah. Do you almost that's feel de- that's that is similar where she's? I think the reason she uses voices is because she also feels like she isn't allowed to express how she really feels and doesn't feel safe. I hope. That's not the case in my house. I think it might be the case in her mom's house. And I think that's where that's coming from. And that sucks. But at least she'll be a groundling one day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm really working on her, you know, feeling like it's okay to talk about her feelings. What are the voices? They're just like weird high pitched or like um, (laughs) she'll scat and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like David Lee Roth? Kind of. Yeah. If he famously, that That's, was anytime he was feeling something, he would scat. Yeah. it's When you think about it, it's really sad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, the important thing is to model for the girls that you can ta- express your needs directly and um, 
and get them met and inf- and and have boundaries and be yourself. So those are the things I didn't do for so long. And yeah. I, I don't want to pass that on. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us for this very special episode of Your Two Dads. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners. You guys are out there, and we re- I realized from some of the reviews, we are not that easy to communicate with. So let's remind people. Yeah. You can um, talk to us at Sean O'Conn's or at Jules Mac on Twitter. We don't have a Your Two Dads Twitter account. No. Um, but you can talk to us individually, ask us anything, you know, whatever we'll talk about on the show. You can also email us at your two dads pod at gmail.com with, with diaper bag questions. And uh, if you give us a five star review and tell us what you like about the show and then ask a question, we will also answer those. Absolutely. So, um, help us out and let's, uh, let's keep, let's, we want to hear what you're going through. Do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, I was just looking. I have um, the Atlanta Punchline um, the first week of November. Okay. That's and, coming up. Yep. And uh, I was just at Bananas in uh, Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, the old retro punch. Yeah. Uh, uh, plug. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Uh, but it was great shows, and I, I miss New Jersey. It was fucking awesome oh, being around God. those people. That's where the Sopranos live. Yeah. Lived. For Julian McCullough, I'm Shadow Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> This has been a Comedy Central podcast.